right. Off we go. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And you can get the podcast for free on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. So, there's this 19-year-old young lady in England who's awake. She wants to try everything she can to stay alive. She has a, she had to, she, the odds are stacked against her. But she wants to try because she's alive, because she's young. A British court has held that the National Health Service in Britain can stop treating her despite her wishes. This is the natural endpoint of the rationing that is inherent in socialized medicine. Now the promise is to give you top quality health care to everybody. And if you were a national treasure like Stephen Hawking, you would get that type of care no matter what the outlook was because it looks really bad if the government lets a renowned physicist with a degenerative disease die because treating him sucks up too many government resources. But the reality of socialized medicine is that it revolves around rationing. They have X amount of dollars available for medical care and it will allocate that money according to a political calculation that doesn't actually involve health care. Scott Atlas, he wrote in 2011, when the World Health Organization claimed America was a health care failure compared to other socialized medicine nations, the devil was in the statistical details. In socialized medicine countries, you can see a doctor, although you may have to wait years to do it, but you won't actually get medical care if you go there. And speaking of those damned lying statistics, another game that countries with socialized medicine play to prop up the appearance that they provide actual medical care is to lie about infant mortality data. The truth about the claim that America lags in infant mortality compared to the world's other socialized medicine countries is that different countries count live births differently. Countries other than America don't count as live births, those fragile infants that probably won't survive. That way it looks as if more of their infants survive after birth. Except for the air we breathe, breathe everything in the world is ration. And there are two ways to ration things, market forces and brute force. Market forces, uh, that's, you know, if something is popular, you'll get more of it. And it will eventually come at a lower price and often at better quality. Flash drives used to have a small capacity and a high price. Now you have a huge capacity and they are a dime a dozen. Competition drove quality up and prices down. The government, it doesn't create or innovate. If it wants more of something, it uses its police power to take money from those of you like me that work. And of course, it will never improve whatever service it provides because it cannot innovate. 
Eventually, citizen money will diminish and the government will start playing favorites, giving more of the finite product to those whom it favors and depriving those who aren't on the list. Which gets us to 19-year-old ST, a woman we don't even get to know her name. And the National Health Care Service has condemned her to death thanks to a thumbs up from the British judiciary. Jonathan Turley gives us the details. They're seeking to take a 19-year-old critically ill female patient off the intensive care, despite her objections and those of her parents. And unlike most such cases, a woman known only as ST is conscious and communicative. And yet, they argue that she's not being realistic about her chances of survival from a rare disorder. Now, a British court has agreed in order that she can be placed on end-of-life care against her will. Which, don't we call that murder? Don't we call that murder, killing somebody? Don't we call that that? Uh, we get this. She's been on in the ICU for the past year requiring a ventilator and a feeding tube. She also requires regular dialysis due to chronic kidney damage from her disease. She wants to be allowed to travel to Canada for an experimental treatment, but the doctors oppose the plan and say that she is not accepting the realities of her terminal illness. They say that she is actively dying without any hope of resuming life outside of intensive care. Now remember, if this were Stephen Hawking, this would not be happening. The government knows who matters and who doesn't, and... This young lady doesn't. Governments have one thing in common. Almost universally. They do not love you. They don't even like you. In most cases, you're either a widget or a placeholder. You are a provider of, uh, of revenue and your, your battery and these kind of things. But... Um, We've gotten away from that Judeo-Christian ethic, which holds that every human life has value. Under the socialist ethic, only the government is paramount. You're just a number on the ledger. And if you don't offer the government an advantage, you have no value. And if you have no value when the rationing starts, you are done for. In the Second Amendment advocacy, we have this saying that uh, don't wait on somebody to come and save you. Nobody's coming. Well, for most of the people in these nations where they've given over every shred of their, of their, you know, the rights that they're born into just as human beings, they've given them all up in the interest of the facade of security and uh, care and all this other stuff. And then when the chips are down, they're just abandoned. They're just abandoned. Can you imagine what's going to happen to this young lady, this 19-year-old young lady? And she, she sounds like she's having an awful hard time. And I mean, but, you know, there's somebody that has, is giving her a glimmer. A, a you know a small point of light in a dark sky that maybe this will work and you have to come here to get it and you know she's she she's not even being given a chance you know with charlie guard the the baby that they allowed to die in in england uh they they raised 1.6 million dollars and still the government of england would not let him go this is one reason i will never go i i am half british and I will never go to England. 
because I am not a slave. My relatives that are over there, my country, my, you know, my sort of my countrymen that are over there, you guys, I, I've trained with your military and I found them to be top notch and everything else. And yet you exist in a world I can't imagine. It, it's bad enough to be a subject. On the other hand, you're not even a subject. You have no value. You, 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 you have no, there's no quality that the government looks at you and sees and says, we must preserve life. When you become a burden, they tell you no, and then they take you to a room, and I'm sure they make you comfortable. They probably zap you to where you're out of your mind, and then you die. And then everybody's happy. All those resources stop flowing into you. You waste of time, you waste of space, because you were going to die anyway. That's the way a socialized country looks at the people that live in it. The truth of the matter is, yes, I'm going to die anyway. But while I'm here, I'm going to live. I'm glad we don't have socialized medicine here. Because I'm going to try everything I can if it is feasible. When I get to the point to where I too believe that it is, you know, then, okay, fine, make me comfortable. And, and let's try to make this as easy on the people that are going to be left behind because that's really who it hurts the most. My passing doesn't hurt me. I'm going to my final reward. It hurts the people that are left. I do not sit back and look at the UK and the NHS as anything civilized in any sort of modern sense at all. Yeah, you know things have come full circle when uh, you know it used to be about the leftists wanted to fight the man. Now they become the man. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. Ah, when I was a young man, we all heard about Alice Cooper. Oh, what a guy was Alice Cooper, let me tell you. All of the all of the stuff about Alice Cooper was you could fill books with it back in those days. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Streaming live on the U uh, excuse me, the W O R D Facebook page. Go check out the free Odyssey app, you'll find the podcast there. On the text line, I was asked about uh, how I was able to go graduate from Wade Hampton and Westside. <laughs> and I, I've never said that I graduated from Wade Hampton. We moved my senior year of high school, moved to Anderson. So I ended up going to Westside for one whole year and graduated from there. And then I was asked about my college, and my college was, you know, Fort Jackson. Basic training class 3-84, I think it was. That was my college education. Alice Cooper, he was uh, one of the one of the one of the uh, rumors about him was that he was the guy that played Beaver in Leave It to Beaver, and that he had grown up to be this guy, and he liked to bite the heads off of 
you know, bats. I don't know what it is about that. Him and Ozzy Osbourne, they were biting heads off bats, doing all kinds of crazy, raunchy things and all these other things. And uh, Alice Cooper got out there and he made a song called School's Out. And, uh, you know, during the 70s, it was, School's Out for Summer, School's Out Forever. And that was like, you know, at the time, that was like a, like a rebellion song. And this was us. You know, all of us young people, we were out there shaking our hands going, take that, the man. You know, you know, what do you think about that, the man? And now, well, <laughs> he, he, he got out there and uh, first of all, he's an older man now. I don't know. I'm not, I'm sure he's in his seventies now. He's become a golfer. You know, you know, somebody settled down when they're like, I just love me a nice, nice round of golf. They've settled down. Uh, and so he has made a comment at one of his rock concerts about the current transgender pandelirium. He said, I'm understanding that there are cases of transgenderism, but I'm afraid that it's also a fad. And I'm afraid there's a lot of people claiming to be this just because they want to be that. I find it wrong when you've got a six-year-old kid who has no idea, just wants to play, and you're confusing him, telling him, yeah, you're a boy, but you could be a girl if you want to be. All of that, by the way, based in fact. Well, apparently, you know, when you're when you're a rock star, even if you're a male rock star, you have brand deals, and he lost a brand deal with a, with Vampire Cosmetics, which I can only imagine what they make, and uh, they accused him of transphobia, which is also a made-up word because you can't be a you can't be you can't be against something that doesn't exist. But they clearly the LGBTQ community is so oppressed and powerless that any sort of criticism of them at all results in losing work. And Cooper didn't express anything hateful. He's just out there saying it's trendy and everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and that these procedures have permanent consequences. You know, when you go through the transi transition, uh, what is it, procedure, um, I'm being told he got, Alice Cooper got thrown out of Bob Jones University. Really? Did he really? <laughs> um, you know, he, he, you can't be phobic against something that doesn't exist. How's that possible? He was accused of uh, spewing debunked bathroom predator myths and leaning on right-wing anti-trans scare tactics by Rolling Stone. That used to be about, you know, they used to cover music. You know, MTV used to be about music. I liked when things, you know, um, the only time people like me, my, my age when I was growing up, the only time we could have seen Alice Cooper would have been on Don Kirshner's rock concert or on the Midnight Special, if we were allowed to stay up that late. That was considered the underground to watch Don Kirshner's or the Midnight Special. And, uh, you know, these guys back in the day, they were, they were against everything. They were against everything that, that came from government. And maybe, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm sort of thinking, hey, you guys were ahead of your time. But all of these uh, Rolling Stone and all these other these other rags that have gotten out there and gotten way outside of what was, you know, they went Rolling Stone went from music to pop culture to now politics. Okay.
A long way from Jan Werner. I, I wasn't a big Jan Werner fan, but I mean, look at where you, look at him. Look, I mean, he would look at it and say, I could do so much with this. Carlos Santana. Well, you know, he's a guitar hero. He said, he, he said, when God made you and me before we came out of the womb, you knew who you are and what you are. Later on, when you grow up and you see things and you start believing that you could be something that sounds good and you know it ain't, but you know it ain't right because a woman is a woman and a man is a man and that's it. Now, for a nice riff from Black Magic Woman. Well, he got a bunch of, he got some vitriolic response out of that. They painted his comments as anti-trans, making him out to be a monster for stating a fact. And, you know, these guys were rocker rebels in their prime, at the height of their power. They, I, I argue still that they are still rock gods. You know, you don't create music. And just because you don't continue to create new music, that doesn't make you not a rock god. And, uh, you know, but they're being, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're being. Uh, and, I mean, when you look at the lifestyle they used, I mean, it's complete debauchery. Paul Stanley of Kiss. You know, the kabuki makeup, crazed, all, you know, he criticized a lifestyle that confuses young children into questioning their sexual identification as some sort of game. Twisted Sitters, excuse me, Twisted Sisters lead singer, Dee Snyder. You know, we're not going to take it anymore, that thing. Uh, he agreed with this. And without fail, those guys are assaulted by a bunch of attacks because they dared speak their mind. And the LGBT crowd, they, they hold more sway now than they've ever had. And, uh, and they have the power to utterly destroy their opposition and force them to bend the knee. But the radical left has long lost the right to call themselves the underdogs because they're the man now. They claim out, that they cry out about systemic this and systemic that. Well, you guys are the system. You're the ones that crush dissent and you're the ones that make people's lives miserable. And that makes me the underdog. I'm the underdog now. And now I can call up D. Snyder and I can get, I, I'll try to, I'm going to try to license. We're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. And I'm going to run that on every video I make on YouTube. And when they demonetize me and I throw the license at them, they'll give me back the, I'm monetized again. Oh my gosh. How are we going to deal with this? Right now in California, it is getting so bad that if you want to be able to fight back against crime, you're going to have to do it yourself. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. When the rest of the country looks at your state and says, you guys got to make a change. Well, I don't know that they should necessarily listen to it unless it's sort of constitutional. But, uh, you know, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that's your cup of tea, and you can catch the podcast on the free Odyssey app. Now then, 
California has had, they are in the middle of a wave, just wave after wave after wave of crime surges in the state. And, you know, I, I think enough is enough. And I, I, I just wonder if the people of California are going to call for this because a lot of people I know are calling for this. They got to stop their crusade against law-abiding gun owners and make it okay for Californians to defend themselves against violent crime. Now, if you look at recent recommendations made by officials of one of the more dangerous towns there, you realize that it's not likely to happen anytime soon. And this past summer, the California headlines constantly told of the crime sprees in Oakland. Ranked by Neighborhood Scout as the 40th most dangerous city in America in 2023, Oakland is currently experiencing a violent crime rate of 12.57 assaults per thousand, with a total of 5,452 violent assaults a year. The problem with a violent assault, you're like, well, Bill, it's just an assault. They're not getting killed. Well, that's not the, that doesn't come with a warranty when the assault starts, right? You don't know where that's going to go. You're left to the mercy of the person assaulting you. According to the report, to a report by the Oakland Police Department in June, violent crime was up 15% compared to last year. And residents are scared. When it's so bad in Oakland, and I said this the other day, when the Oakland Raiders get out of town, you know it's bad. They've been in Las Vegas for quite some time now. Probably happier there, too. They can probably walk back and forth from the stadium to uh, you know their car and not get jacked. Many commercial properties have been abandoned. ATMs have been gutted. Store windows are boarded up. And even the police department precinct is barricaded. Has no clear entry point. Meanwhile, criminals and thugs, and they assault and kill people for their belongings. That's a mighty nice phone you got there, mister. Boom. I like those shoes. Boom. I like that car. Boom. Residents, along with Oakland's NAACP branch, have demanded the city council provide protection. So, the city police have recommended that people carry air horns with them at all times in order to deter the would-be criminals and to alert neighbors. Air horns. I couldn't make that up if I was on drugs right now. There's no way for me to come up with something that stupid. To add insult to injury, Alameda County District Attorney Pamela Price joined a community forum where she effectively downplays residents' concerns by emphasizing the Oakland Police Department's recent arrest record. We've charged over 7,600 cases, including murder and serious violent felonies. Well, congratulations. You should be sitting back going, wow. You should also be sitting back saying, how many did we not charge? She also criticized residents' desire for police enhancements in the vein of increased patrols, better security equipment, and heightened investigations. She said, because they require longer sentences, they force us to invest in prisons. Enhancements have been at the heart of incarceration. It is absolutely essential that we stop using them. You see, <laughs> uh, enhancements are like attempted murder with a weapon by a known felon, right? A felon can't have a weapon, a firearm of any sort. That's, they're prohibited. So that means that another charge is thrown on there. And what that means is when it's all said and done, if they're found guilty of it, they should get a nice long prison sentence, and then we should be spared the, the worry of this person being on the streets for X amount of time. Well, apparently incarceration is bad. 
because we just can't have that. These people are victims of society. At least she understands the concept. If we increase our law enforcement effort, there will be fewer criminals out in the open. And that will apparently cost the county more than a citizen's safety is worth. And so unsurprisingly, there's a recall effort to put her out of out of business. Then, uh, in, in California, they whitewash crime all the time. San Francisco residents are leaving their cars unlocked now in order to escape the damage. It's a lot easier just to take everything out of the car and let them open up the... Uh, you know, open up the glove compartment and find there's nothing in there than it is to have them break a window and find out there's nothing in there. Some are leaving signs on their vehicles, such as, please use the doors and please do not break glass, nothing inside. See, this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when the Death Wish movies haven't been out lately in, 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 in theaters. We, we start putting up signs. We don't have a Paul Kersey out there doing things. And right now, it doesn't matter if they did get out there because the California district attorneys continue to refuse to prosecute crimes like robbery, violent recidivism, and even murder. We all know about the Nordstrom walk away, the $100,000 worth of stuff in L.A. And the mayor dismissed the robbery saying, well, you know, you know what? Things like this happen when there's profit to be made. They especially happen when you pass something called Prop 47, which essentially permits all theft under $950 in total. When questioned if California's crime reform contri contributed to the crime spike, she responded, the reforms that people object to have nothing, nothing to do with these crimes. But theft has increased by 200% after it was passed in 2020. So, what's going to happen? And it's already happening in certain places. Right now, they don't talk about this because this would be really bad press. In Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills has been divided by the residents of Beverly Hills into defensive grids. They've either hired their own private security, or they bought guns. They have bought out the local gun shop in Beverly Hills that you have to get an appointment with, and you can't. it doesn't even have a storefront. You have to make an appointment to see the guy. So they're buying guns. And we're talking about old blue-haired lady, you know, leftists. Because they understand that they're going to have to fight back. Because nobody's coming. That's always been the way it is. But now they, you know, they made it legal. Right now, and, you know, we have 27 states that have something called permitless carry, which we should have here in South Carolina, but we don't. And we know that there's 22 million and counting permits in the United States today, and we have 27 states with permitless carry. None of that, by the way, exists in California. As we go away, what will America be like under Biden's digital dollar? I know you were just dying to know the answer to that one, aren't you? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. <clears throat> wow, that was that was interesting sound, wasn't it? <laughs> 
GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Resident Joe Biden issued a sweeping executive order last year on central bank digital currency, which places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States CBDC. They want you to focus only on the benefits. But let's look at this for what it is. Uh, digital currency is an electronic impulse. It is something that has to be generated by a, an authority, right? It has, to, it has to come from somewhere. And it is, uh, when it is able to be turned on, it is also able to be turned off. This would be a monstrous expansion of government power at the expense of individual freedom. We would become the cashless society. And, you know, in a lot of ways, cash is still king in a lot of ways. Now, you know, let's look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin has been capped at 21 million by whoever created it. And this gives Bitcoin an anti-inflation property. And Bitcoin transactions are transparent for anybody to see, but the users remain anonymous. China has something. They, they call it, what do they call it? They call it the ECNY. This is the digital yuan, it, yuan, whatever. And it is programmable. And Beijing has tested expiration dates to encourage users to spend it quickly for times when the economy needs a jump start. So if you don't use it, you'll lose it. You can't ever save it no more. Users of the digital yuan do not have the benefit of anonymity. So they are traceable. And so the government now knows what when, when each person spends money and what they're spending it on. So let's say that in, in this, with this administration in place, you know, they want to take away guns and choice and they want to make sure you're masking and they would only approve purchases for masks and vaccines. But anything else, if you didn't purchase that, you couldn't buy nothing else. So now currency becomes a surveillance tool. China already has a social credit system. And if you're in this now, you, what, your behavior leads to various rewards and punishments. And bad behavior can include running a red light or being critical of the Chinese government policies and everything in between. So even before the digital yuan's issuance, those Chinese citizens who received lower social credit scores due to bad behaviors, well, it was hard to live everyday life and many couldn't travel because they were unable to buy plane or train tickets some were denied school or employment opportunity and some pet owners even had their pets confiscated no dog for you the digital yuan has enabled the chinese government to reprimand human rights activists religious practitioners and government critics in new and terrifying ways because if you do it and we find out about it, we'll just take the fine straight out of your bank account. We won't even bill you. Or you'll be banished from the digital payment system completely. And knowing they won't be able to survive for a day in a cashless society is frightening enough to silence most dissenting voices. 
I'm being asked, would my, yes, I see there, bud, would my transactions be anonymous if I had a Swiss bank account? Well, probably I wouldn't be allowed to have that in China now, would I? Probably wouldn't be allowed to have that. A young Chinese woman's viral video demonstrates what life in China was like when shut out of the na nation's digital payment system, what she called a global social monetary control information system. So no matter how much paper currency she was willing to pay in a cashless city like Shanghai, she couldn't buy a pork bun. Frustrated and hungry, she was complaining about how horrible China has become. And if you want to sit there and say, well, you know, Bill, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen here in America. We would not abuse the CBDC like China. Then you are a delusional fool. If you, if you, if you take nothing away from the COVID-19 pandemic, if that did not reveal to you how quickly a so-called democratically elected government in the West will expand their power and intrude on your economic and political freedom in the name of public health. If you don't believe that, uh, I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. The most notorious example was when the Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act to crack down on truckers who protested peacefully against their vaccine mandate. So without a court order, he froze bank accounts and suspended vehicle insurance for anybody linked to the protests. Now, government, even here, they want to track your personal finance. They proposed, the Biden administration proposed to compel U.S. financial institutions to report all transactions from accounts more, holding more than $600. You're just too free, America. Just too free. I'll be back with you tomorrow, 22 hours from now. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.